You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati marhaban bikum fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Hello and welcome to this edition of China Africa Talk. I'm Bridget coming to you from the Chinese capital in Beijing. Hope you can hear us loud and clear on your favorite podcast or selected radio frequencies in Liberia, Uganda, Tanzania, Nairobi and Mombasa. In today's edition, we'll be discussing Chinese youth in Africa and why Chinese youth seem to have become more and more present in Africa and perhaps how this has become crucial in the Sino-African relationship as they represent a generation that is more involved in the mutual communications between China and Africa. Now unlike the elder generation, most of the youth seem to concentrate on connection with local people instead of pure pursuit of fortune. Joining us this week online for the discussion are two guests who are part of this younger generation, Joseph Tsuishikun and Chiu Ying Li. Joseph is based in Uganda and is founder of Murchison Falls Bamboo Village Albatross Safari and Travel Uganda. He has also dedicated himself to the culture and tourism sector in Uganda and successfully incorporated bamboo architecture into Uganda's hospitality industry. Our second guest Chu Ying Li has been to over 15 different African countries and is a promoter in tourism, arts and culture. Joseph and Yue, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for help. inviting us. Let's begin with Joseph. Joseph, which part of China are you from and what took you to Africa? Okay. Uh, I was born in North of China and studied in Shandong and uh, put my home now in Shenzhen. And Shenzhen is the key factor that took me to Africa. Okay. I was sent by ZTE to Africa, which is among the biggest telecommunication equipment provider in the whole world. In 2011, I was sent by company to Uganda, East mm-hmm. Africa as project manager building 3G, 4G network to the country. From then on I've been in Africa 12 years now. Wow, that's a long time. Yui, I'm also reading your profile. Which part of China are you from and what took you to Africa? So I'm from the very south. It's an island called Hainan Island, same as the Hainan airline. Mm. I think Africa like, you know, it's just somewhere that I have basically no knowledge about because in school they didn't really teach us a lot in China about how Africa is like at least in my school mm-hmm. and but I studied in English major and then I did uh, get a few names uh, you know of some uh, like major big cities of Africa the first one that came to me was Cape Town okay so after one year of my graduation from my university i started working in beijing mm-hmm. and then my friend who knows other friend that is like asking around if they have they have a, a girl who is fresh like graduate from university who majors in english can uh, you know can work with them to be their interpreter in cape town so as i go oh I still remember the name that uh, you know like I used to be in school that I learned that's one of the cities in one of the African countries mm. and then I say yeah it's quite a good opportunity it's something new I always like to check out some you know places that I have never been mm. so I I just 
it, I didn't really did any like uh, specific research about the place. I just think, let me just go and check it out. Right. Then, yeah, I signed the contract and then, then that was when, you know, then I go there, my mom, my, my family doesn't really support my idea because, you know, like they think, you know, I have never been out of the country and mm. it's better for me to stay in China or stuff like that. And then I was like, no, I, I have to go. So I, yeah, basically did all the paperwork for the company to send me in. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, there, then from there, I, yeah, I got to South Africa, Cape Town, and I live in Johannesburg too, mm-hmm. about a year in total. But, and then I got back to China, then but my job was somewhat related, you know, still to Africa. So I still keep going back and forth between China and different African countries mm. because I used to work in tourism, basically. Yeah, mm. but it's somewhere that I think, which is good for me. Right. And I was reading your profile. It says, um, I mean, to date, you have visited over 10 African countries and you just mentioned that you lived in South Africa as well. What were you searching for? What, what as youth, uh, what are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for maybe a future, like a business, like maybe trading, because I am always in, into that part. Mm. Maybe trading, in, uh, importing and exporting. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, after I got back to China and then I started getting involved with that part, mm-hmm. but I found that it will be easier if I might only locate Mm-hmm. in maybe one of the African countries mm-hmm. where that I can develop the network and then start doing my trading business. Yeah, hopefully. Mm. Joseph, you've been living in Uganda for several years. Why did you go to Uganda? Okay, uh, through my work in Africa, I do travel a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. But finally, I still decided to stay in Uganda. I think the main reason is uh, like 100 years ago, the Prime Minister of uh, UK, uh, Winston Churchill, said uh, Uganda is a fairy tale. The scenery is different, the climate is different, and most of all, the people are different from anything else well to be seen in the whole range of Africa. Mm. Like him, I concentrate on Uganda. I love it. I really love it. So that is why I decided to stay in Uganda. Yes. Mm. I've been visiting the whole north of north and eastern Uganda. Uh, even I went to Somalia, Ethiopia, around that the area, whole the whole mm-hmm. region of the country I've been to, and also the East Africa, Tanzania, Kenya, Rwanda, all this side I've been there. Yeah, so... And finally uh, settled for Uganda. Yep, yeah, mm. yeah. This is the prayer of Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to also know from you, which is also part of the essence of this interview, why are a lot of younger people coming to Africa from China now? And the perception of the older generations about Africa versus the new, what are the differences? What has changed? Okay, I love this question. Yeah? <laughs> I'm actually doing studying and researching on this. Okay. So, so far since 50 years, China interacts with Africa. Mm-hmm. So I can see there are three generations. Mm-hmm. The first generation is like 50 years ago, and the government arrangement, they come to Africa to do the construction work only. So mm. like railways, sports studios, yes. uh, government offices, and so on. Yes. And this generation cannot speak any English, mm-hmm. and they even rarely talk with the local communities because they have their strict regulations. Mm. 
So second generation, I can say, is a business trading mm-hmm. of the workers from the government's generation. So mm-hmm. they come to Africa to found their business opportunities, selling all types of commodities. Mm-hmm. They are the generation to introduce made in China to the world, mm-hmm. including Africa. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of such businessmen does not want to communicate too much with the local communities mm-hmm. because they fear the culture difference. Right. They fear anything that different from their own lifestyles. Right. Then I want to put myself into the third generations. Uh, okay. This generation, most of them can speak English like me and Yui, mm-hmm. willing to communicate, mm-hmm. respect and interact with local communities. Mm-hmm. So that is why I think a lot of youth generation come to Africa to study, to tour with different types of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, even they establish their own NGOs to help local communities. That is a very exciting thing to for me to think that. It's, just within 50 years, there's great change. Right, yeah. And the first generation has sort of laid a foundation. Yes, yes. In your perspective, why are a lot of younger people going to Africa from China? Let's look at the perceptions of the older generations about Africa versus the new. What are the differences, in your opinion? What has changed? I think with the development of the internet, more information and the varieties of information, of opinions mm-hmm. towards Africa as a whole continent, mm. um, bad and good, positive and negative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like anything has two sides, right? Right. I think the younger generation nowadays are different from the older generation. Most of us, we, we are adventurers. Yeah, at least you got time, you're young, you got time to see somewhere new, something new, to see if you will be able to make the best of yourself mm-hmm. and in somewhere new. That's why I think, yeah, my reason and some of my friends that I know who has and still are in Africa, yeah, that's what they think too, because we talked about it before. But reasons for different people could be different. Right. Yeah. How about your perceptions before you arrived versus your experiences now? Has anything changed? Not yet. That's why I'm saying that I would like to go back and uh, and I am I I, I I define myself as a free spirit. Right. So I think being myself being there is like I am being more of myself uh, mm-hmm. when I, w- I am there and I was there. I can talk to people from different countries and I can make a proper communication and understanding with people from different countries. Mm. Joseph, we've just heard Yui's perceptions yeah. and her experiences. Was it the same for you when you went to Uganda? What were your perceptions before you arrived versus your experiences now? Has anything changed? Yes, there's a lot of change, like I mentioned just now. Okay. Like before I come to Uganda or Africa, I do even think we were even, you know, like uh, like what we watched from the movie and the media influence. Uh, we even think we are going to, to the place there's no trees, no electricity, no fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in a dark room with no, with maybe simply candles. Mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, um, sickness around, mosquitoes, anytime dying there. So that is the best That was oral. your perception. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes the, that is the, the perceptions before I arrived in uh, Africa, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, but when I arrived in uh, Uganda or Africa, I found it the same, the same like China. 
Mm. So everything is not too much different. There are a lot of bad impressions to the people who never come to Uganda or Africa uh, in China. So I, I do really want to do something to in the future to do teach them and let them understand oh, what is the real Africa. Interestingly, you have also since dedicated your work to the culture and tourism sector in Uganda. Where did you get this idea from? Is it a skill you exported from China or learned in Uganda? Tell us about this. To any people that who just came to know I'm from telecommunication into the culture and tourism sector, mm-hmm. uh, this is strange. Mm. Yeah, totally two different sectors, right? Mm. Yes. Uh, and two, two different uh, industries. I use this chance to travel around Africa and Uganda, right. and I say, wow, this is totally different from my previous old impressions. Mm-hmm. So I decided to say, let me stay here mm-hmm. and doing the culture and the tourism. So I think I do tourism is going to give me more uh, time and chance to interact with the local communities. Mm-hmm. Then I decided to do tourism. I have a, a tourism agent. Then later, we've, we're now building a biggest, largest bamboo structure safari lodge in uh, Africa in the Pachitam Falls National Park, which is the biggest national park in Uganda. Right. Bamboo has the usage. It can be developed into a great industry. Okay. I'm happy to say there are a lot of youth started work on bamboo industry. Mm-hmm. All of this is benefiting from the cross cultivation. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm also going to ask the same question to you, Yue. You also dedicated your time in attending and supporting Sino-Africa relationship events like Mr. Tsui in Uganda. You've promoted the tourism industry in Africa. In what ways and could you perhaps tell us some projects and business ideas that you've been able to impart towards perhaps connecting African and Chinese youth? Yeah, in China, there are the African young leaders. Mm-hmm. They are dedicated maybe to start up like association or I can say association or company. They do have like, they are China, Africa, you know, business like a project that they are promoting and culture. And also it's all, not only, only about business, it's also cultural related. Mm-hmm. And they do have events here and there, you know, in China, basically in the major cities like uh, maybe Shanghai and Beijing. Basically, if I am in Beijing and I'm available, I will like help them to promote like maybe like a share. They are they are like a, a like posters and trying to invite people who mm-hmm. will be interested to maybe to explore more about Africa and maybe it will be some business uh, people like they. They, they do have money to invest mm-hmm. like their business and then start their business also have a branch there in Africa and also like um, yeah like a uh, tourism wise we do like and uh, like tourism affairs but as of now because of the regulations tourism is not really you know that uh, in a higher market it's just quiet. Mm-hmm. for the outbound tour so yeah before that was what i do like always traveling in between and and i did start my uh, wechat channel to you know use the material that i used to have about africa mm-hmm. and i do have some african friends too mm-hmm. we try to create some content uh to uh, uh for you know it's more like educative it's it's more educative to to show some people who basically have 
a lot of uh, buyers and uh, maybe not really knowing um even i can say ignorant mm. to uh yeah to to educate like uh, something that maybe you don't really pay attention to mm. but it could change your opinions you know towards the negative uh you know negativities that you have about this country because uh, you have to be there mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. then you can tell yourself whether right. you you like it or not you can't just uh listen to one side of the story and say oh it's it's not good it, it's 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 just you know it's like even though as far as i know there are 54 independent african countries mm-hmm. in that continent and and all of them have their differences it's not always like now it's summer in it's summer in in china mm. and then overall it's very hot in beijing but with my experience in in africa south africa and other uh, you know african countries even when i was in the winter it didn't really feel that as cold as the northern part of china and if it's in summer it's not that hot mm. it's not that hot uh, like generally compared to you know most of the cities of china and in in the evening you know like it's very cool the weather is very mild and and more comfortable ever wondered what's actually going on in africa through the perspective of an african How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Joseph, do you have friends in Uganda on the social side? Sure, I have a lot of friends in Uganda. As I have been here more than ten years, yes. they are really uh, hospitality and uh, uh, welcome me like their brothers. I really feel at home here. Yeah. And what kind of social and cultural similarities, though, do you think exist between China and your host country, Uganda? Uh, there are quite a lot of differences uh, between uh-huh. the two nations, okay. but.、Uh, There do some cultural similarities, like a family development. Right. They do talk about clans within a certain tribe.、Mm-hmm. That plays an important role in their life through hundreds of years.、Mm-hmm. Same to China, we can trace our ancestors in thousands of years and still feel proud and that we got a famous person in our clan. I think this is the big similarity. That thing I found I, after doing the research,、mm-hmm. uh, really, that is、uh, we care about the families. Family unity, family is a priority. How about you, Yue? What were some of the cultural similarities, though, that you think exist between China and South Africa that have made it perhaps your home, or perhaps if you felt、oh, I'd love to go back to South Africa? Oh, okay. So,、um, th- I think I am. I agree with Josie.、Mm-hmm. About the hospitality part, because whenever I got invited to、uh, maybe a friend get together or a family, you know, like for, like a coworker's house with their family,、um, I mean, like no matter they are rich or they're just average people, or sometimes I even went to the village to、mm-hmm. visit the very. Are remote, and、uh, I would say there are some poor people there, but still they will be able to bring the 
best uh, food they have in mm. their home. So you know, you you can you you they just know you from that day. And mm. they, they, they you can say you are legit like a stranger. They just go to learn your name and where you come from from that day, and they will be able to give you the best food they have from that day. And yeah, I mean like. Do you have any favorites? Any favorite foods that you can pick that you can mention? Yeah, over the weekend we always buy it in uh, in in South Africa. Um, yeah, we also do it in the Christmas in some you know uh, day holiday like national holidays. People always go to each other's home house and then buy. If somewhere it's going to be nicer because you can swim in the pool. That's basically like uh, yeah. It's good. It's it's always a good vibes, and that that that's what we do. Yeah, when we're in uh, South Africa, it's like a part of the life. In Ethiopia, I think um, it's called ingri ingri. That uh, something very thin, and you put a meat, and it's like a, a wrap made from yeah the uh, maybe wheat. I didn't really. I don't know what. It's kind of yeah. It's it's vegetarian, but you can put. Uh, the other thing inside and make a wrap just like how you wrap uh, picking duck there are also uh, in west africa ghana nigeria they uh, have uh, jollof rice and you know, and also there is soup that they make and i even learned how to make fufu and how about joseph joseph i want to ask you something in the event that you relocate to china how do you think your work in Uganda as a youth will have an impact in China. What would you say would be the takes from Uganda? Any personal lessons? Uh, definitely. I, I do need to bring the right feeling back to China. Okay. Try to change their wrong impressions about Africa. Mm -hmm. I will introduce the real Africa to them and explain them the difference of the culture. I think, this is, I think already this is my entire life reason. Yes. Mm. And how about you? Would it be the same for you in the event that you had to come back to China? And to relocate back to China, what would, you, would be the takes from you from Africa? What are the lessons that you'd say as a youth I learned this? Or what would you want to impart? I know you've done a lot of work already. You've also been involved in a lot of China-Africa entertainment. And you've been promoting events in China. What would be some of the takes? Basically, um, like with the channel that I did, uh, with very little time I had, like free time I had, um, I did receive a lot of comments and uh, DM messages from uh, Chinese people and African people. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, people from different countries of mm -hmm. different race. Um, they did say that they learned about, uh, you know, like uh, to embrace different culture and uh, to experience yourself before judging it is is some is something that uh, you know people could do. To be legit, you can't just stand there and then watching all the negative, uh, you know, informations about yeah. a specific country and start judging by saying, oh, the whole country is not nice, it's like this, it's like that, but you have never seen it yourself. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I just would like to um, keep uh, maybe telling stories and you around like with the people that I meet mm -hmm. and to share my life experience maybe they they will be at least maybe they do have their opinions but uh, maybe they will feel a little bit interested mm -hmm. maybe to try when maybe when 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 the restriction is less tight right. uh, they can try maybe to travel 
there, you know, to one of the destinations in Africa to see for themselves before uh, they finally made a conclusion about, you know, their first impression, uh, you know, from what kind of different kind of channel they, 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 they heard about you know, those countries. Um, yeah, that's what I think. All right. Okay. Um, Joseph and you, I want to thank you for sharing your perspectives and telling us what Chinese youth in Africa are up to using your illustrations in Uganda and in South Africa. And I'd like to encourage all the wonderful things that you are also doing to bridge the gaps between the two. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for on this program. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very okay. much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.